Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazde. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So it can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mishazde. And man, we're flying solo, flying, arms in the air, like we just don't care. So uh, I wanted to have uh, this This episode's a special episode because, uh, you know, I, I, was, I was reading this article that was uh, by Neil Patel, and he was talking about, you know, uh, essentially Jack Welch. And I know Jack Welch, you know, former CEO of GE gets kind of a bad rap these days. It's easy to kind of look back and, you know, give him a hard time about what he created GE just because, you know, when he left, it kind of fell apart. But, you know, look, if we're going to call it like it is, you know, the time makes the person, right? And and whether it was able to carry on afterwards, it's like there's a graveyard of companies that we're not able to carry on afterwards um, that we we don't question that they were great companies when they were great companies. That's probably the norm. It's the expectation. So, if we're going to give him credit for what he did, you got to give him credit for the stats uh, when he was there. Obviously, you know, as goes the leadership goes the organization, as we know in conscious leadership. So it wasn't able to carry on after his departure, but the numbers are staggering. If you start looking at the numbers, you, you know, and, and I'm going to pull them up here just so we can discuss them really quickly, but the numbers are absolutely staggering. And, and, you know, I, I was surprised. I hadn't actually looked at the numbers before. I was like one in the kind of the school of thought of, Oh, you know, Jack Welch is, was great, but this cutting the bottom 10% because we're in this conscious leadership time where, you know, people are saying, no, you've got to, you know, do this and that. And you hear the Simon Sinek's of the world, or you have all these different folks that are, you know, kind of being critical, you know, back they're like backseat quarterbacking, you know, and you know, here's the reality. When he got there in 1981, the market cap of GE was $13 billion. And in 1999, it was $525 billion, like a scoreboard. That's all I got to say is look at the scoreboard. You know, however he got there, that's what it took to win at that time. Revenues, when he got there, 207, 229, let me see, pull it, sorry, it's, can't read the small writing, but yeah, 27.9 billion, he grew the revenues to 111 billion, 4X'd it, okay? Earnings went from 1.6 billion to 10.7 billion. 4,000 employees went to 340,000 employees. So, 
I don't care what you want to say about the person. And in retrospect, I just got to say scoreboard. If we want to go and look at every single champion of their time, you can pick them apart in retrospect of how what they did then is not the right thing maybe in today's context. But the scoreboard says he won. And this is not over. This is over 18 year period. Hey, um, Sid, I need you guys to edit this part out. I, I, I fucking, okay. Yeah. Please edit that out. So the scoreboard says what he did. I mean, he crushed it. Okay. And so when I was reading this article, it was a great article and it was really talking about what do we need to be doing? It's a great article. And, and what I'll do is I'll forward it to my team and put this in the show notes. so You can check out the article. Um, but the reality is, is that when you start looking at the scoreboard, then you say, okay, well, what's underlying? What were the principles underlying that? And this all comes from the book winning. I haven't finished the book yet, but um, when you start looking underlying, there was one thing that really caught my eye. And, and, and you know, going back to our buddy, uh, James Altucher, I had a little bit of idea sex and I combined one of the ideas that Jack Welch has with one of my own ideas. And Jack really starts talking about this idea of, you know, when we start looking at our managers in our business, and I think that anyone that's running a business needs to think of their management team in this way is the management team is really an extension of the CEO or the founder or the entrepreneur, right? And their behavior and the way they run their business and the things they accomplish, it's either aligned with the needs of the business or it's not. And I think sometimes as leaders, we get a little bit myopic around, well, you know, making excuses for our, for the leaders and why they are the way they are. And, and so I, you know, he, I'm going to do two things here. I want to kind of go over this framework that, that I think really is an important thing to consider if you have a business and you have a management team and, and, or if you're in a business, if you're uh, the manager in a business and bringing this into your business. And so there's three things that, that, that two things he talks about and one's my own. The first is, is your team competent in their commitments? First question to ask. So, and what, so what does that mean? Are they competent in their commitments? Competent in their commitments are, the commitments are, what do they owe to the business? What, what are they're committed to doing X, committed to X production, uh, operational excellence, whatever it is that you're trying to, that the, you know, having great financials, if they're CFO, you know, whatever the commitments of their job are, are they competent in them? Meaning they do them without oversight and error, right? And incompetent, meaning that they're able to get their job done. And whatever their job is, that's their commitment. So it's a real simple thing. Is someone competent in their commitments? Now, let's just say they're not, but they need a little bit of help and you can get them there. If you can get them there, then great. Then maybe there's something small and, you know, competencies, you know, it's obviously there's some subjectivity there, but you can get them there with some, some leadership. Then, 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 then great. Get them there and then they're competent in their commitments and then you move on. But if they're consistently not competent in their commitments, then my answer is like, they can't be here. It's real simple. So that's number one. Are they competent in their commitments? Are you competent in your commitments? If you're not, guess what? You shouldn't be running your business. Maybe you need to hire a, another CEO to run your business if it's big enough and you can do that. Or you need to step down and let a partner run it. Are you competent in your commitments? Is your team competent in their commitments? And if they're not, or if you're not, what can you do to level up to make sure that you are? So first and foremost, this episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and Supply and Demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? 
That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius from Shazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stopped me from fully enjoying the little things in life, from canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of the sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now. And let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. The second one really comes from Jack. And, and if you read my book, The Core Value Equation, it comes from me too, which is, do they live the core values of the organization? And in my book, I say, when a leader breaches the core values of the organization, you're putting a bullet in the head of the core values. You're killing it. Because the second you do that, <clears throat> the rest of the team... <clears throat> Edit, please edit these out. These <clears throat> Sid, please edit these out. This is minute 636. Sorry, I have to clear my throat. So, so the minute you do that, you're putting a bullet in the head of the core values. And so the question to ask is, do they truly live the core values? And, and in my former business, what I used to do when I was unclear of this is I would say the person's name and then I'd read the core values out loud, not just the header, not just the oh, integrity. I'd say integrity and it looks like this. Because your values are, at our company, we do things like this, right? Those are your values. We behave like this. We believe in this. And you need to be able to explain what that looks like in detail. And so, you know, 
this is a, a kind of a coming to Jesus moment. Cause I think a lot of times we'll make excuses for people, especially people we love. Right. And a lot of the times if someone's worked for you for a long time or you have a long-term commitment or they're a friend, you know, which a lot of our team members become in our business, we'll make excuses for them. Well, you know, they, most of the time they're capable of it. No, they either believe it or they don't. They either do it intuitively without trying or they don't. You cannot teach values. It's something that people, you could teach them what, what they are and they know that they need to level up to it, but you can't teach them to do it. They just have to do it organically or they don't. That's the way values work. You do it without thinking about it or you don't. And so what I recommend is reading your, your team member's name out loud, saying to myself, "Am I comp- are they competent in their commitments? Reading their core values out loud and just it's a hard yes or it's a no. There's no middle ground here. Hard yes, they live this value and the description of the value or it's a no. It's, it's not a like, well, they live part of it. No, no. It's a hard yes on all of it or it's a no. There is no middle ground, zero middle. There's no gray area here. It's black or white. And if you can own that, then you are owning the value. And so Jack talks about this and he says that if someone is a competent in their commitments, but they don't live the values, as hard as it is to say this, you have to get rid of them. And the the reason for this is because they are a cancer of the organization. It is disease inside the organization from a core values perspective. It will make sure that it undermines every single thing you say you stand and believe in. And values are the glue that holds the entire organization together. So essentially, you are tearing the organization apart. And and one other thing I could tell you, and I was talking to a client about this yesterday that I advise, I said, listen, if you're doing, and you'll know this in your organization, if you're doing all the right things, let's say you have all the meetings, the one-on-ones, you're doing every single thing you can think of. You know, you have values, you have a purpose, you guys do quarterly meetings, you guys are running strategy sessions, you have high accountability. If you're doing all these things, and yet there's disease in the organization, that something's happening that's negative consistently, that undermines all the systems around growing a great business. I know every single time that there's someone in there that doesn't align to your values. That is a disease in the organization that's going to murder the organization. It's going to kill your organization's ability to be healthy. And I was talking to a former guest on the show. Actually, we haven't aired the episode yet. Who's my doctor, Dr. Hofarth. And Dr. Hofarth said something to me that really, I think, aligns this. He said, if you cannot, you know, a healthy body, an unhealthy body, excuse me, cannot build muscle. So if you're unhealthy, if you have disease in you, whatever that is, or you're unhealthy and you're lifting weights and eating protein, you cannot build muscle. Why? Because the body is dealing with something that is killing it or making it unhealthy. And it cannot both build muscle and deal with a health issue at the same time. And I want you to think of an organization that way. You cannot build muscle if you're dealing with some sort of disease at the same time. This is why we see when people get sick, they lose all their muscle. Because the body starts just decimating the muscle, leveraging that protein as a source because it's, it's in survival mode. If your organization's in survival mode, you cannot build muscle. And so if you're doing all the right things, I'm going to the gym, eating right, all these things, and yet I'm not building muscle, there's probably something underlying that's ish, that, that is fundamentally wrong with the body. Just as in an organization, if I'm doing all the right things and I'm not getting better and getting more scale and getting healthier as an organization... That means I have something in there that's underlying, that's eating away at the organization's ability to grow in a healthy way. So something to consider. Last but not least, and and this is really, I think, something to, to really 
you know, think about if you're an owner of an organization is, is my team making my life easier? Now there's times where it's their job to make your life harder because you're not doing the right things and they need to call you out on it maybe. But I always say three things need to happen in an organization. Are people competent in their commitments? Are they, do they truly live the values? And are they making my life easier? And uh, this comes from a mentor of mine, Vern Harner. She says, your, your executive team's job, and if whether you are the executive and you, you know, report to an entrepreneur or C-suite uh, person in your organization, or you are that CEO and entrepreneur, the job of the team is to make the CEO's life easier. That's why they're there. And by the way, if you're the CEO, your job is to make their life easier by building the systems and having the right organization and making sure the values are alive and well. Your jobs are to make each other's lives easier. And if you're not doing that, they're not doing that or you're not doing that, then you're not doing your job. So again, three things. Are you competent in your commitments? Do you truly live the core values? And are you making, is your team making your life easier and you making their life easier? So forgetting about you making their life easier, are they making your life easier? And what I find is people tend to make excuses for people they love again. Oh, you know, they're just challenging me. No, they're not doing their job. They're making your life hard because it's about their drama. It's about them, their self-importance. It's about what they need. It's not about putting the organization first. People sacrifice to put the organization first. And when they do that, they should be making the CEO's life easier, not make, creating hardship for them. And, I've, and I was thinking to myself, I've had these moments in my life where I had people in my organization that were competent in their commitments. But generally speaking, they were making my life harder because they weren't living the values and it made it really difficult for me. And I was making excuses for them because they were so competent in their commitments. And that's what I think really happens is we have these team members that are so good at doing their job as far as performance of that specific requirement, competency, that we then start to make excuses for them on these other sides, which is the soft skills stuff. I make excuses for the fact that they aren't good leaders, that they piss off their team that they rub their colleagues the wrong way, that they truly, when a push comes to shove, care about themselves over the organization. And I go, ah, you know, I'm going to work with them. When the reality is, is I need to make the hard call and get rid of them. And if you're someone, again, on the other side of that, where you're the one that's not getting along with your team member, then you're probably in the wrong organization. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like people don't have to be the same. They don't have to agree with the fundamental values and beliefs of an organization. They can leave. So if you're that, leave. And if you have that in your organization, your job is to root that out and get rid of it. Because I will use this, I can't say it in any clearer terms or cleaner terms. It is a disease in an organization. It'll stop your ability to grow. So, you know, I just want you to consider that whether, again, if you're a leader or if you are being led, are you competent in your commitments and is your team competent in their commitments? Do they truly live the values of the organization? And is your team making your life easier? And if they're not, you got work to do. So, uh, you know, it's not always that I give the business stuff, but this has been top of mind for me after checking out that article and I'll make sure my team puts in the show notes. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Till next time. Peace out. We love you. You are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Listen, if you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. We have tons of great people coming on, and we're, we're stoked to have you here to enjoy it with us. 
leave us a review. Tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews. We love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode, you know, made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, print screen, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind the scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing, I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.